Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Friday, May 21st. Yes, Friday is finally here. As we cruise in the weekend, and we are going to break down the AFC East as we continue rolling through our division-by-division division reset. Now that we've got win totals with the schedule out, free agency done, the draft, we're going to hit that up. Make sure and uh, check out in the feed the AFC North. Oh, no. Coming in the feed is the AFC North reset. Coming up is the AFC South reset, I believe. And you can also check out the AFC West and other feeds. I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused at this point. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can watch me get – if you want to watch me get confused, watch on YouTube at youtube.com slash pick six. And you can tell us which win total you like the most in the AFC East, whether it's the Pats, Bills, Dolphins, or Jets. We'll also be talking – uh, of course, Jets in a second. But if you like the if you and if you like the Jets, you should check out all things covered. Herm Edwards, yes, Herm Edwards joined host Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden. By the way, Herm's got some hair going now to discuss his tenure in New York and how quarterback injuries spelled the end of his time there. While also recalling the infamous you play to win the game post game rant. Download and follow all things covered wherever you find this podcast. Uh, he did. He handled the work for the AFC North podcast. He's going to do it for the AFC East as well. Joining us now to talk all things East, Brian Diardo. What's up, buddy? Well, how you doing, man? Good to be on the show with you. Uh, yes, good to. Uh, it's been a long time since we talked yesterday. Yeah, the, um, by the way, uh, go make sure you go to cbsports.com, of course, and check out the articles that all these guys are cranking out on these specific divisions the bills minus 155 to win the division the dolphins three and a half three plus 340 to win the division pats three and a half to one to win the division the jets a whopping 20 to one to win the afc east according to our friends at william hill as we have done with each of these we will start by going backwards which means we'll discuss the jets who have a win total of six the overs juiced minus 130 they're 50 to one to win the afc and uh, 101 to win the Super Bowl. Naturally, their biggest uh, addition in the draft was quarterback Zach Wilson, who they took with the number two overall pick after shipping Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. They then traded up to grab Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC to protect Zach Wilson before signing Elijah Moore, drafting Elijah Moore in the second round, and Michael Carter in the fourth round. It was very much a we're, we're going to help Zach Wilson draft, which is the opposite, Diardo, of what they did for Sam Darnold several years ago. Yeah, if I was Darnold, that'd be another feather in my cap when I see them in week one. Oh, yeah. uh, what they did, if you've watched this draft, uh, and like you said, they, they did a lot to try to help him. Um, I really like the Elijah Moore acquisition. And Michael Carter, I mean, a lot of people like that pick up the running back. And then obviously Soleil brings Tevin Coleman over with him. So now they've got... Now, they didn't get Etienne, and they, they obviously didn't get Najee Harris, but they have a nice stable of running backs. Yeah. So that's the route they chose there. 
Elijah Vera Tucker was one of the top offensive linemen in the draft. So they, they, I mean, they did as much as they can with right, one and, draft. And, and, they, and they also, you know, they knew they were going to take a quarterback when they signed him, I would think. But they got Corey Davis in free agency and Keelan Cole. So you're looking at already three or four better weapons. And they still have, of course, Jameson Crowder and Denzel Mims. I mean, you got three or four better weapons than Sam Darnold had his entire time there. I mean, his best weapon is probably Robbie Anderson. And so the Jets are doing all they can to help him out. Defensively, they try to beef things up too, uh, bringing in Carl Lawson and free agency. I like the Carl Lawson and, and Corey Davis signings because they were good players who were still ascending in terms of age and skill and production, but they weren't over-the-top contracts in this, in this reduced salary cap season. And they grabbed Gerard Davis, uh, the former first, I think maybe second-round pick, first or second-round pick, Maybe first round pick from the Lions who who didn't pan out there. Still a lot of questions at cornerback, but I I don't know if I like the Jets enough to project them to be a playoff team, but I like the Jets enough to think that they're a frisky. Uh, you know, if the coaching staff knows what it's doing, this is a frisky little team to deal with this year. Yeah, they're gonna be that tough out that we see sometimes that yeah. just that that is gonna give you a fight, and then you know you look at the score afterwards, and it might be like thirty-one to seventeen or twenty-eight to seventeen, and the score doesn't indicate the type of game that it was. I think that's the type of team they might be. I agree with you. I have them at 5-12 and 12 when I look at their schedule. But if a few more things go their way, you could convince me to six or seven wins possibly. And one thing I wanted to touch back on when you look at their roster, I really did like the receivers. And we talked about the AFC North yesterday. One of the things I forgot with Baltimore, the one thing they don't have that, that I think the Jets have is I like having that veteran kind of Steve Smith, that nasty receiver that brings your offense a little edge. I like that with Keelan Cole. I thought he gave that to Jacksonville last year. Corey Davis was an awesome acquisition. Jamison Crowder. And Denzel Mims had some injuries. But there's a reason why he was a dra high draft pick last year. So uh, they have a good receiving core. And I, th I think Zach Wilson's a good quarterback. And I think he should be mature enough to handle the New York spotlight. Um, and and they their defense, like you said, Carl Lawson was a really good signing uh, from the Bengals. And even, again, some, some guys last year that were rookies, high picks that haven't yet materialized, Ashton Davis, if those guys start to realize their potential with the defensive DNA they have with Soleil, they could be a, a frisky team that, that you could talk my way in their six or seven wins. But I, I'm pretty – I'm easy right now saying they'll be 5-12. and 12. Yeah, you mean like the floor is five and twelve, or that's just I I think you're right because I just I ran through their schedule at Carolina week one. Look, I I think Sam, I think the Panthers are going to set Sam Donald up to light the Jets on fire, and I, I don't know if it'll work out, but th that's a big time revenge game for him. If Sam Donald looks awesome and Zach Wilson struggles in his debut, that that spins the narrative thing in a big, big way towards towards what the Panthers did. So the Panthers have all the incentive in the world to make Sam Darnold look great in his debut in Carolina. Week two against the Patriots at home. Yes, the Patriots are down. But yes, Bill Belichick dominates young quarterbacks. So best of luck to you, Zach Wilson. Your second starters against Bill Belichick and a revamped defense. Then they're at Denver in week three. Never an easy place to play in September. May feature Aaron Rodgers, who knows. Tennessee at home in week four. At Atlanta week five in a week six bye. Before you go to New England, your first trip to New England after the bye. Finally, you may get a game where you're favored in week eight with the Bengals at home. At Colts, the Bills are just really good this year. And they're at the Texans. There's two games where maybe three games with the Jaguars, too. Jags at Texans and Bengals. I guess yep. you could probably be into Eagles at home being a potentially easy win, but I don't want to slap Devo that hard in the face. Um, 
there's just not a there's not a free win on the on the board for the Jets, but I think the roster is better and the coaching staff is better. It really all hinges on Wilson. If he's if he's a if he's a, if if he is a good quarterback and a ready out of the box quarterback, I think they get six wins. I don't know that I would want to bet the over six though because I I don't know if seven is just out there for him. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And you read my mind when you when you talked about their schedule because I had the most winnable post buy games. Week eight at Bengals, week twelve at Texans, week sixteen at the Jaguars, and the most winnable pre buy games were at the Panthers and then at the and then London against the Falcons. Week five. Here's the tweener games that are going to determine whether or not they get the five or they get the seven. Week three at the Broncos and week thirteen at the Eagles. Those are my tweener games. So and don't sleep on. Week 18 at Buffalo, or yeah, at Buffalo, where nothing to play the, for the Bills have because the Bills will sit everybody if they've clinched. They won't right. care. now. They they throttle Miami anyway with uh with with backups, but but in theory, you could be sitting on six wins at Buffalo. Buffalo's in the second seed or the first seed or is clinched, whatever it is, and they sit everybody, which they did last year, and you get that win. I guess Tampa Bay could do the same thing in week 17, but that seems unlikely. So yeah, I agree with you. Those two, though, I would tack that on as a tweener game, but that's an unknown. Can you beat Philly at home? And can you, you said at Atlanta was the other one or at Denver? At Denver week three. Yeah. yeah. And like this all changes if Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Broncos. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Now, you're, now you're really going to hope you bet the under if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure. not, I, I'm not touching the jets to win the AFC at 50 to one or the Super Bowl at hundred to one. And 20 to one is always enticing for a division team, but that's it's this division. Every team in this division got better or is really good in the case of the bills. So I'm not, I don't think there's anything to bet on with the jets here, unless you really like the over, you could talk me to the over, but I'm, I'm with you. I think it's five or six is what I see right now. Maybe they're just not a seven or eight. They're not an eight win team yet, which means you're going to have to get that seventh win to get there. And I only have the, I only ranked five, winnable games quote unquote they'd have to win all of those five games and win some of those both the tweeners yeah to get the seven wins that's a lot of optimism going the jets way so i that's why i said i they could win more than that but i'm very comfortable saying i think five and 12 is what they're gonna they're gonna have and the fortunate thing for them is they don't have murderers row they only have six games against teams who made the playoffs last year it is a tough schedule but it's not the most daunting in the league and that's where i think and i think most jets fans are going to understand as long almost like cincinnati as long as wells wilson stays healthy he shows promise and there's moves in the right direction. I think most fans will be content at least for now with a five and 12 season. Yeah. If sort of like we talked about with the Bengals on yesterday's podcast, right? Where exactly. if, if the jets win six games and Wilson looks like he's the guy you're feeling great about the future. And it's entirely possible. They signed Richard Sherman, you know, shortly yeah. after we record this podcast and, and the, maybe the defense, a couple guys take a leap forward on defense and Quinn Williams is healthy and this team's better than we think and they win seven or eight games. I, that's not off the table. Weird things happen and we're, we're projecting a long way out on these teams. But, you know, I mean, I, I do think just looking at the schedule, you know, like Carson Wentz could be could be terrible if for Indy. And then all of a sudden that game in week nine at Indy is a, is, is a, is a very winnable game, which it might be. Yeah. Well, those are a lot. There's teams like that that I think we discussed again, you know, recently that you just don't know yet. Deshaun Watson could be playing in week 12, and all of a sudden that's not a free win in Houston, you know? Or the Saints. Every team, when I looked at the schedule, I have them as a tough game, but it's like they might not be tough. You know, they just lost Drew Brees. So, 
know, we don't know what Taysom Hill is going to do or if Jameis Winston is going to be quarterback. The thing, again, that I, I, that I am optimistic with Wilson is he has a, a better offensive line than Donald ever had. I mean, Mecky Becton is a great player or very good player. Uh, you know, Tuck, Vera Tucker should be good, you know, so and he's got a lot of weapons. I think when you have a young quarterback like we saw last year with Herbert, the, the Chargers gave him a nice, you know, menu of players to get the ball to. Even with Eckler out, he still had enough weapons to spread the wealth. And, and that's where I like the Jets. And I think that they, they've given Wilson enough where he should get through the season unscathed, not light up anything. He's not going to be a pro bowler, but he should compete for offensive rookie of the year if he stays healthy. And the schedule's not that hard where he shouldn't be demoralized by week 14. Agreed. The New England Patriots find themselves as the third biggest favorite in the division. Their win total nine this year. The over has been juiced up to minus one fifty. Their odds win the AFC sixteen to one. Their odds win the Super Bowl thirty to one. Full disclosure: I bet them to win the Super Bowl at some point this oh. offseason. And I mentioned it on the podcast. I don't really know why. I also bet them to win the division at like maybe it was like five to one. I'll I'll look while. After I set this up, but you know, everybody knows their top draft addition was Mac Jones, who they took 15th overall. They traded up to get Christian Barmore in the second round and they pick up Ronnie Perkins, an edge rusher from Oklahoma. In the third round, Ramondre Stevenson, the running back, they took in the fourth round. It was very patriot, not a very Patriots draft, actually, because Mac Jones was such a, a splash play. The first quarterback Belichick's ever taken in the first round. They picked up Trent Brown via trade. And there was the famous spending spree that Bill Belichick went on. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry. They brought back Cam Newton. And they also they also picked up Matthew Judon. Who am I missing that they spent on? You know, they're getting opt, opt-ins from several guys from last year. So really an entirely different-looking Patriots team. And one that I think is... Uh, Diardo is probably closer to what we're accustomed to seeing from Bill Belichick, obviously, minus Tom Brady. It reminds me a lot of like a early 2000s Bill Belichick team. Let's get a bunch of veterans that are that are good, but maybe not as big named as some other guys out there, have a really strong depth chart. And we're and in a 17-game season, depth is going to be crucial to any team. Uh, and I almost similar to the Steelers, where you know, on the outside, you might not be that impressed with their talent, but they have a lot. They have some depth. And the one thing when you look at New England, like you said, they went out and spent, which they don't they do not do very often. And, and with the Patriots' lack of success in the draft recently, they had to. They really yeah. did. And, you know, again, the other issue, too, is last year they went 7-9, and nine, but they had all those opt-outs. And Cam Newton didn't necessarily have the great compliments on offense to get the ball to, which is why he only threw eight touchdowns. So they got Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. And I did like Jacoby Myers on last year's team. He just can't be your number one or your number two. He's a good number three or number four. Uh, And I really like some of the moves they did in the draft. Mac Jones just kind of fell in their lap. So absolutely. I I love that. I mean, if there's ever going to be a guy who's Tom Brady's replacement, right? Shouldn't it be Mac Jones? But you get the year gap, the, 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 the learning gap, the year, you know, the it's like the break, the college break or the, the high school break before you go to college of Cam Newton playing a year and taking the pressure off of uh, off of Mac Jones. Yeah, and that's a tough one, too, if you're betting in Vegas about Cam Newton. I, I don't know if he's going to finish the season or not, and it might not even be performance. I mean, he he's wearing down injury-wise, and I'm a huge Cam Newton fan. I, got, sure. I, would, I don't know if he's had a Hall of Fame career, but he's a Hall of Fame player. He's a Hall of Fame talent. He probably won't get percent. in, but he's a Hall of Fame talent for sure. 
a million percent. If it was the NBA, he'd be in with their standards. But NFL, I'm not quite sure. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, and I thought he handled himself in New England really well. I think some people were wondering how he was going to fit in the New England culture. Well, Belichick obviously loved him. He signed him to a $15 million deal to come back. So, And I think he would handle that situation with class if Mac Jones was to replace him. But they have a lot more talent. Um, I'm concerned with the running game. I really did like Damian Harris, but given the offensive line they had, I thought they might want to help out a young quarterback and get him a bit, a better running back. Uh, they did get Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie. So we'll see how he does, but, but I'm not, I don't know. I thought there was a little bit there to be desired at the running back position. I really like the Christian Barmore acquisition, the draft pick of him at for Alabama, massive run stuffer. Again, like you said, it's a very early 2000s type of team. They still have some of your stalwarts from the championship days, Devin McCourty, uh, Stephon Gilmore. They still have some of those guys there. So it's a good blend of new players, some veterans, and you have, like you said, I mean, Matt Jones wasn't one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft, but he was surgical against Ohio State. He's cerebral. He's smart. He's He's going to, you know, soak in the playbook like a sponge. There's also nothing to do in Foxborough. Sorry, Tyler Sullivan, but that's just it is what it is. <laughs> so, you know, everything's boding well there for them. I think I have them going. I had them initially at nine and eight. I'm going to up the ante and say 10 and seven. I, I think they do get to the double digit mark. Um, I think another issue with them is they have a week 14 bye, and they, they have a pretty, yeah, they have a pretty tough schedule, especially before the bye. You know, they got to, you know, they got to face the Dolphins, obviously, right out of the gate. Uh, they got to face the Saints. They got to face the Titans. They obviously have to face the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. That is at home. Uh, so it, it's going to be a tough schedule, especially at the beginning. But I do think that Bill Belichick and this this roster is good enough to get the 10 wins. I like the over on this team a lot. Mm. I think nine is shorting them. They should win their first two games. I'm going to give them the edge against the Dolphins at home. Two is still a young player. Belichick right. has has all his defensive pieces in place, has his veterans back. And especially these first four to six weeks. So they get, you know, they had the Dolphins at home, Jets on the road. I'm going to put them at 2-0 and there. I think they can beat the Saints at home. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know what the Saints are going to look like. And may, maybe the Saints are great, but I think they, that's a winnable game. I don't think the Saints will blow them out. Bill Belichick ain't getting blown out by Tom Brady. No. Before. He just no. won't let it happen. He's no. going to treat that game like his freaking Super Bowl. Because if you make Brady look like a putz on national TV while he's defending the Super Bowl, and, and he's like, hey, hey, who's got it now? Who's got it now? Now, Brady will be motivated too, but they can win that game. Listen, I think three and one, I think they could split Saints and Bucks At Houston, they should win as long as Watson's not there. The Cowboys have are not a good matchup for the Patriots because they have an awesome offense and no defense. Exactly. And I still think Cam Newton's probably playing at this point. I think they can win week seven. Uh, against the Jets at home, at Chargers, at Panthers. You can split that if you want. This just looks like a they don't have to play the the Bills until after the bye, and they get the Jaguars late, and they're at Miami in, in Week 18. This is a 10-plus win team to me this year. So I love the over, and while I, I don't – I mean, I, I think the Bills are by far and away the best team in the division and probably short on their price. Three to one, I'm intrigued by. Three and a half to one, I'm intrigued by with the Patriots. I'd like something closer to five to one. I said I would look up and, and see what I got, and I, and I completely forgot to. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Oh, don't worry about it. Anyway, I mentioned on the podcast, but if I'm making one bet on the division, it's probably on the Bills at their price. Mm. But the Patriots at least intrigue me. I think they're closer to a one B 
if Cam can get any kind of better or Mac didn't get anything out of Mac Jones than they are necessarily the the third best team of the division. And one aspect of the team that I don't know if I talked about yet too, but the tight ends. I thought Hunter Henry was a massive signing. Yeah, and I'm super. I don't know if Herbert's going to be. His, I think people undervalued how important he was to Herbert last season. So, you know, well, there's it, a lot of it, the two tight ends fit what they want to do because both those dudes can block, and so you now have two blocking tight ends. You can run the ball with Cam early. You can use your running backs, and you think Cam can – you can run play action with Cam. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can do a lot of creative stuff with Cam early in the season to pick up wins where he's thrown to these tight ends all play action. So, I, I agree with you. I think Johnny Smith and, and, and Hunter Henry, the way you can move these guys around, it's not Gronk and Aaron Hernandez on the field, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a slimmed-down version of that. Right. A lot of weapons on this team. There's a lot of tweeter games, some games I circled. Week 10 at home against the Browns. Yep. Week 8, speaking to the Chargers. And then Week 11 – at Atlanta, which you you wouldn't think would be a tough game, but it's Thursday night football. Sure. So their fans are going to be jacked. It's going to be a packed house, probably Matt Ryan, all those guys. But if they can win some of those tweener games, and it's not, again, it's not a their toughest opponents at, are in their division. Old week 15 is probably one of those. Right, yeah, that's another one. But their toughest opponents are in their division, a lot outside of Tampa Bay. So yeah. if they handle their if they can go four and two in their division and win some of those tweener games and they beat and I agree they could beat Tampa Bay. Bill Belichick's beaten every great quarterback in football history since 1975. The only guy he hasn't beaten is potentially uh, the right. goat that he knows better than anybody. So you yeah. don't think that Belichick wants that on his mantle? So right. he's going to lay out for that game like the Super Bowl. And I I agree with you. I I would feel good if you bet the over on New England and, uh, with their win total. Yeah, that's that's the move I would bet instead of maybe the division yeah. the win total because yep. as we'll get to it just after this break. Maybe the Bills could go large this year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before we get to the Bills, though, we have to talk about the Miami Dolphins, who have the second shortest odds to win the division. Their win total, 9 over under 9. The over is minus 140. Their odds win the AFC 14-1 to and odds win the Super Bowl 28. Eight to one. Miami, as has been their want the last few years, had a ton of draft picks, including two first rounders. They used it to improve the weapons for Tua Tungavailoa. The sixth overall pick, Jalen Waddell out of Alabama. You love it. And Jalen Phillips at 18th overall, the edge rusher out of Miami. They also added Javon Holland, the safety from Oregon in the second round, and Liam Eichenberg, the offensive lineman for Notre Dame in the second round as well. My goodness. So many early picks. For the Dolphins, Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College, and that was their last one in the third uh, before a two seventh-round pick. So a lot of high-end, uh, in theory, high-end talent that the Miami Dolphins had to uh, had to spend here. Waddle and Phillips are probably stepping right into starters. It's a possibility that that Holland is too. 
in terms of free agency, it didn't, I don't feel like they were that they signed Will Fuller to that one year deal, but he'll be suspended for the early part of the year. Doesn't feel like they were uh, Jacoby Brissett to back up to a, uh, they weren't that aggressive in free agency, really. They they were bigger, more aggressive the year before. This is kind of a draft year for them where they wanted to add some supplementary pieces and maybe try and take a leap forward. Diardo, this is the win total is basically all about Tua, right? Yeah, agreed. And, and like you said, they didn't spend a lot in free agency this year. I mean, last year when I got Byron Jones, which was the big splash, they actually lost Van Der Esch, who I thought did a really good job on no, their defense Van Dorsch, last year. Van Dorsch. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Van yeah, yeah, yeah. They cut, yeah, it was Van it was the weirdest thing. They cut. They paid him a ton of money. Yeah, cut him. So Bill Belichick's going to get not only a cop pick for Van Noy, but Van Noy himself. A few like two years after he left. Yeah, exactly. So that that was kind of weird, but obviously they feel good enough with their linebacking core with Jerome Baker and company that they'll they'll be able to be fine there. But yeah, I mean, talent wise, it's a good team. They won ten games last year, but they don't have Fitzpatrick anymore. It's all on on Tua and and the game that really showed me his potential last year was against the Chiefs at in Miami about midway point through the season, I think. And, and Miami was down pretty significantly. And then all of a sudden, I think Tua stopped thinking, to be honest. I think he just stopped hesitating. He just let it fly. Very similar to way the, the way that Fitzpatrick plays. Fitzpatrick, the last several years of his career, maybe his entire career for all I know, whenever I've watched him, he just lets it fly. And I think Tua needs to just trust himself more, have more confidence. And that's going to come with experience and continuity with your teammates. And I, and I think also, too, no one knows really how much his injury in 19 at Alabama affected his preparation last year. Cause sure. not only was he trying to prepare for the combine and, and or the pro day and all those things in the draft and a new team, he was also rehabbing. There were some questions whether or not he was going to be hundred percent week one. So, you know, I know that there is some uneasiness in Miami thinking we could have got Herbert, we could have gotten whoever, but I'm still optimistic with Tua. And, and I think fans should be too, especially with them getting Jalen Waddle. Here's my question with them. If they would have stayed pat with their initial number three pick, they could have got Kyle Pitts with Kaseki. But but they did they did get a lot there. And I don't think they're gonna regret the assets they got trading with San Francisco. But Kyle Pitts and Kaseki, name me a better tight end duo in the league than that. So again, they got Waddle a great player, but they could have Kyle Pitts, who a lot of people like Penny Sewell are saying could be big stars for years to come. I think they thought they were gonna get Pitts at six yeah maybe where the, sure. I, I think they were convinced when they made the trade the falcons would go quarterback and the dolphins would either go jamar chase or uh Penesul, and that they would have pits i think they probably thought we'll have pits or waddle guaranteed to us pits right. waddle or chase guaranteed to us at six no matter how it plays out and they were like feeling pretty good that it was me cal pits and then the, the then the falcons just kind of flipped on him I, i'm with you i, I do think I, I like gaseki a lot i think he's a, a, a really good talent and waddle is explosive with the ball in his hands played with Tua, so there'll be a little bit of you know, rapport already built in i like this miami team i wouldn't bet them to win the division i think three and a half is a little short five to one maybe i would take him to win the division or consider it i, I don't think I get on board with the Super Bowl or the AFC, but you could talk me into the the over on their their win total. I know we're talking about the over for every single one of these teams, but just uh, you know, I'm with you. I'm I'm more bullish on Tua than probably the average person is out there, especially Dolphins fans who wanted him gone. Not an easy start though. At right. Pats, Bills, at Raiders, Colts, at Bucks. I don't think they'll start five and zero, but if they are zero and five. But if they started two and three, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, their their opening slate's tough, and and that's why I'll just say it on the front end. I only one have and four one, in crazy. 
Right. I only have them going nine and eight because I just, okay. their schedule's tough. And with Tua now without the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick security blanket, we could be in for a little bit of a rough ride, but I think overall Tua is going to be good. It's just, it's going to be a slog for him. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be Zach Wilson, but it's going to be tough for Tua his first go around where you're the starter. And yeah, you look at their most winnable pre buy games week six at Jacksonville in London, week seven at home oh, that's against in Atlanta. London, too. Ooh. Yeah, see, right. Weird so this, stuff this, can this, happen in London. Nothing good happens in London. So it's it's a little tough. You know, week week nine against the Texans should be a win. Week 11 at home against the Jets should be a win. So the, the and then Panthers and Giants right before the bye. So, it, but the Giants should also be better than last year. So yep. there are some winnable games, but they don't come until closer to the bye. This team could go eight and nine, and it wouldn't surprise me. Not at all. Not and I'm out on the over. I'm out on the over. This schedule looks nasty for them. I'm, I, I a thousand percent agree. Not that we don't like Miami, as we both said. We, we do like Miami, yeah. but the schedule's tough. And with Tua and the Week 14 bye, I, I think a lot of teams, when you look at the season when it's over, they're going to look back and say, that bye was a killer. If you had a late bye or an early bye, you really wanted to buy the Week 14. An 18-week season. Yeah. Where you're thinking Week 14 bye, all right, let's sprint in. It's like, golly, another slog down the stretch. If the Dolphins were 20-1 to 1 and 30-40, 20 to 1 with the AFC, 40 to one to win the Super Bowl and like five or six to one to win the division, I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. If the win total was eight and a half, I'd be interested. But I can't, I don't, I don't think I'm there yet. I, I, this team could take us, this team took us, it took a huge step forward last year. Yeah. And it's possible they regress and come back a little bit without it being necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know what I mean? Tua could play well. They could, you know, they could have a really good defense and they just lose some tough games against against teams that maybe got better and it was a close game. And and then they're a, a really interesting sleeper next year to make a deep run. Yeah, I agree. And I think when, when you look at their team, when you have a guy like Tua, I'd feel better if they had a dominant part of their team. If they had a dominant defense, like let's let's say that, that like, I mean, obviously they, they do it with Xavier Howard and Byron. They have, they have a very good defense, but it's not the best defense in football. Exactly. If, if they had like, I don't know, the 2019 Steelers defense or some of the defenses the Bears have had recently, you could sit back and say, okay, like I, their defense is going to win them maybe three or four games. And so I could, I could, I could talk myself into 10 wins, but because their defense is, is good, but it's not dominant. It, it might be a top 10 defense. I don't think they're going to bail out that this team as much. And if they were in an easier division, if they were in the AFC South, I could be talked into 10 or 11 wins. But the fact that it's the AFC East, which is one of the more competitive divisions, even though the Jets aren't that great, we both agree they're going to be friskier. They're going to be a much tougher out than they were the last couple of years. All of that. And their running game is good, but very similar. You know, like like they, they didn't settle on Waddle, but they didn't take pits. They didn't get Etienne. They didn't get Harris. They're going to roll again with Gaskin. I like the Malcolm Brown assigning. He played well with the Rams last year. But there's not – there's too many – unimpressive parts of their roster that is going to convince me they're going to make the next step of a very good team. But I agree. They'll, I think they'll take a step back this year and then next year, then they might compete, go to the playoffs and win double digit games again. I am with you on there. Finally, the Buffalo bills over under win total 10 and a half. Their odds win the AFC a very short six to one, their odds win the Super Bowl of also a very short 13 to one, but no surprise because this is a Buffalo team that has been building and building and building for really this kind of season. And they made a deep run last year. They added Gregory Rousseau with the 30th overall pick and then snagged Carlos Basham with the a second round pick. Clearly, this is a team that wanted to get bigger 
and 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 younger at the on the defensive line and in terms of their edge rushers and they did that with those first two picks they weren't really aggressive in free agency but they aren't ever really aggressive in free agency they want to keep their own guys and 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 retain their own guys um did they lose oh they lost john john uh Oh, Smokey, John Brown. Right, John Brown. They got Gabriel Davis, who they, they grew to replace him. They added Emmanuel Sanders as well. Do they? I don't think they added anything on defense, anything of, of substantial note on defense. I mean, they're pretty loaded when it comes to the defensive guys. They just sort of – oh, by the way, uh, Carlos Basham, officially going by Boogie Basham okay. on the NFL website. So, nice. So, Carlos, Boogie. We're calling him Boogie Basham from now on. Nice. I love the move to wait until you get drafted. Once you get drafted, then you switch to boogie. So teams are like, why do you call yourself boogie? You think you're like, you know, you don't need to answer those unnecessary questions. That's true. Wait till, wait till you sign that paper. Then you can change your name. That's then a very savvy yeah, yeah. business move. Signed boogie. Yes. Um, look, this team is really good. It's just, it's one of the best rosters in football. It might be the best roster in football. Not in, like, the Chiefs are better in terms of take the top off talent at various positions. But in terms of depth at, across the board and talent across the board. I think there's a case to be made that the bills are the best roster in football. I can't argue with that. I, I agree. And that's why when I look at their, and their, their schedule is pretty good, especially for a first place team. They got a nice week seven bye. I thought, I, thought I, I, I hadn't looked at the bills win total. And I mean, like I'd looked at it, but I just hadn't, I hadn't didn't have it in my head until we got to, I got to it on the rundown. I was thinking 11 and a half or 12. Yeah. And I have them at 12 and five and that's conservative. And I have a smasher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, like you said, their roster's excellent. They didn't do a ton in the offseason, but they really didn't have to. They kept a lot of their own guys. They have a great, one of the greatest, best defensive players in football in cornerback Tredavious White. You know, they, their offense, they added more weapons to Josh Allen. And what, what growth Josh Allen the last couple of years? I mean, he was 55, 50 something percent completions a couple of years ago. The lead he took last year was yeah. the sort of thing that makes you believe you can contend for the Super Bowl for the next 10 years. Yeah, and I like the fact that Cole Beasley, despite now he's in his early 30s, he's still hobbling along. And, and I like that you have a nice, reliable veteran like that in your receiving core. I think it's really important to have veterans in a receiver's room. Uh, and I think yeah. that does help the maturity of a team, so I love that. And, and then Emmanuel Sanders, who is continuing to plug along despite some of his injuries as he's gotten older. So, uh, and then, and then obviously Stefan Diggs, who would have, what a great offseason acquisition last year. He blew up and had Antonio Brown 2015 numbers last season. And I know some people actually thought in some mocks they might take a first-round pick mm. with a running back, but they didn't. And I think oh, right, I, was, right, right, yeah, 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 I yeah. was okay with that because I like Singletary, I like Moss, and Matt Breida from San Francisco. I, I, he's a nice slash cutback complimentary runner that can that can you know run some zones for you. So I, I love that move. And, and Russo was a good, a good value first-round pick. He could add great depth, and, and with – the defensive line they have, it's not like he's going to have to come in right away and have to get double-digit sacks or all this pressure. He'll be a nice complimentary piece. As the season goes along, he'll probably get more playing time. So really good secondary. And like you said, I, I won't argue with you. I think they could have the best roster in football, especially in the AFC East. I, I think they're pretty – I don't know if it'll be easy. Pittsburgh can give a hard time because Pittsburgh's a good team. And Miami, you know, down South Beach, Washington in week three could be a problematic. Houston should be take care of business in week four at home. I think they're four and oh, play, heading to Kansas City in a in a matchup of unbeaten's. You know, it's on. Oh, it's on. Oh, it's on. Uh, it's, that's a Sunday night football game with with Al and Chris. We got that one stolen from CBS, but it is what it is. Right. Uh, you can hear it's like, well, Al, 
this preview <laughs> of the AFC Championship game. Um, that's they can beat Kansas City. I wouldn't give it to them. They could lose at Tennessee too. You know, they could also win at Tennessee. That's a crazy statement. I know. I that's a Monday night game. So two back to back primetime games. I think even let's just give them two L's there because those are tough AFC opponents. You give them two L's there. They're still four and two going to the week seven bye. You get Miami again at Jacksonville at the Jets. Colts at home. I think they win three or four worst case there. And all of a sudden they're already at, and we're being super conservative and they're seven and three at New Orleans, New England at home at Tampa. Let's give them one of those. So you're right. now eight and five. Then the Panthers at New England and, and Falcons and Jets at home. So they close out with three or four against good opponents at home. That is absolute worst case for me is 11 and six. And that yeah. still gets the over. I mean, that is as conservative as you can be with this Bills team and and their and their schedule. I this is this might be my my best bet in terms of in terms of an over under. This I don't ten and a half is wrong. It should be eleven and a half. No, I agree, and that's why I didn't even blink. And I had him at twelve and five, and I even thought I even you could easily have talked me into thirteen and four. But I just thought let's let's kind of meet in the middle somewhere and let's go with twelve and five. And I think you know one of their toughest stretches of their schedule is right before the bye week five of the chiefs Sunday night football. And then at Titans on Monday night football, but agree with you. Let's say they split those games. They're still probably five and one or four and two at their bye. It's an early bye, So that could hurt them weeks, 15, 16, 17, because they're not going to have that break, but they they're going to be motivated to get that playoff bye, which only one team gets now. So I think for the bills, if you're looking whole season, it's going to be big for them to get that bye because they have a very early or in the playoffs. They have that very early buy in season. A couple of tweener games that could determine whether or not they win 11 or 13. I agree with you. I think they're going to over 10 as a shoe in, barring an injury to Josh Allen or someone like that. Week three versus Washington. That that's one. You know, Washington won their division last year. Didn't have a great record, but but Ron Rivera's got a tough team, and he's going to coach them tough. They've got a good defense. They can give the Bills some fits. They could beat the Bills at their own game. Week 13 against the Patriots, Monday Night Football rivalry game. Bill Belichick, all that stuff. They win those two games. When you look at the rest of their schedule. Yeah, 12 wins, even 13 wins. This one was one of the easier ones for me that we've picked over the last couple of days. Uh, full disclosure, I kind of checked out when you were telling me what games were uh, uh, tweener games because I was betting the Bills over it. <laughs> Don't blame you. Don't blame you. It's up to 154 on my local. So wow. I think that's one – that's the whole purpose of these podcasts, honestly, right. is to find – like you, I mean, in I think we've uncovered plenty of in in all the episodes we've done. It was like plenty. Of, I kind of like that. Like I'm probably going to bet that this is one where it's like I'm betting that now because that's going to go to eleven or eleven and a half. It's right. just going to, and it's probably going to be the same juice because this is a seventeen game season. So 12, 12 and five is not twelve and four. You know, right? Thirteen wins is the new twelve wins. If you're a good team, you're going to get to thirteen, and the Bills are not going to. We talked about that week eighteen game. And that, how that could be problematic for uh, right. the Jets maybe stealing it. If the Bills are resting their players, they're, they've won 11 games. Right. Because they're going to be fighting with the Chiefs for the number one overall seed more than likely. Now, look, if Josh Allen gets hurt or something like that, then eh, it is what it is. You're not probably not going to win the bet. Maybe they could, they're, they're, that, they, they're that deep, they could maybe pull it off. But the Bills over 10.5 minus up to, you're not going to lay it 200, I guess. But golly, that is that is as big a lock as I've seen in, in quite some time in terms of a win total. I thought it would be 11 and a half or 12. 
Yeah, me too. I, I thought when I saw what the total was, I kind of thought, man, this is this is a bargain. This is this is getting Mercedes at discounted price here. So yeah, I agree yeah. with you. This was the easiest pick for me. And if it is week 18 and they decided to rest Josh Allen and they're at that 11 win total, you may have to be cheering for Mitch Trubisky. Oh yeah, to, to cash you in because he's well, now- even if they're, if they're at a, like if you get it at 10 and a half, I mean, there's no way in hell they're resting their starters with 10 wins, right? Going into week 18. They got right. ten and seven. You know that. I mean, I guess there is a path to it, but it seems unlikely. Their price to win the division is minus one sixty one. I would much rather lay one fifty four on over ten and a half than right. to lay one sixty one on winning the division because they can get to twelve wins and tie and lose the division, or eleven wins and the Dolphins have twelve, or whatever it is, or the Patriots have twelve. One up to one sixty, I would lay on Bills over ten and a half, just because I I think that's a an absolute stone cold mortal lock. Yeah, and again, the, their their schedule's not murderers row. They don't have the, their toughest opponents. Are, most of them are in the division. Again, Tampa Bay is going to be tough. When I look at their their toughest post by games, week eight at home against the Dolphins, they'll be favored there. They should win that game. Yep. Week eleven against the Colts. Again, with Carson Wentz, we have no idea what that's going to be. That's, and it's at home. And, and it's at home. They're just a better team. Right. Week twelve at the Saints. Thanksgiving can be tough, but again, no Drew Brees. So all these games that could be tough. Those games have either question marks with the quarterback or their home games for Buffalo. And, and Josh Allen has a history of lighting up on Thanksgiving. Remember, he lit up the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Like he's not afraid of the, those big moments on, on Turkey Day. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I would. I would take that one running away, no hesitation. Right. Again, barring injuries, this one's the easiest one that we've had my two days on the show with you. Yeah, I agree with you completely. This is this is the this is the lock of the the lock of the resets. This is why we do the resets to find something where we hammer it now and we giggle in August when the over under is eleven and a half or twelve, and and we're sitting on ten and a half, and you feel like it's a it's a stone cold mortal lock. All right, Diardo, we uncovered it. We found it. The gem of the the, the wind turtles. Great stuff, buddy. Talk to you soon. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, appreciate you coming on. You too, Will. Thanks a lot, guys. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.